Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is that you'll leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Table Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Phillips, and joining me around the table today, we have Ross and Katie Heyman. Welcome, guys. Welcome. How's it going? Oh, we're doing well, doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, really good. Good. Well, thank you guys for agreeing to come on. We're excited to hear your story and what God has been up to. So why don't we start off by you just telling our listeners um, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Ross Haymond. I was born and raised in Indiana. I grew up in a small town, uh, southern Indiana. Uh, Came to school at Purdue uh, and graduated with a degree in food science and... um, don't do really anything with that now. And so uh, now Katie and I serve as full-time missionaries with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at Purdue. Okay. Yeah, Katie Heymond. I don't really have a hometown because I'm a military brat, um, but my most home state is Virginia, and that's also where I went to college, James Madison University. Um, A little bit about me, I love running. I love really anything outdoors, love snow skiing, which I do miss about living in Indiana. Sorry, we don't get a whole lot of that around here. Indiana has its own beauty, though. So I appreciate that. I do like it here. Um, And yeah, we work together with InterVarsity, and that's really fun to do that. Awesome. What hobbies do you have, Ross? Um, I really enjoy, like, Purdue sports, Um, checking that out. And what else do I do? Man, I really enjoy golfing. Okay. That's kind of like my go-to. Nice thing. That's how we um, met. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do enjoy kind of riding my bike, not like the uber competitive tight shirt kind of bike riding, <laughs> uh, but like down to the store kind of bike riding. So. Nice. Very cool. So so tell our listeners a little bit about how you guys met. It's a pretty neat story. Yeah. So uh, Kitty and I both uh, kind of were involved with the ministry that we work for in college, and it was like a huge aspect of our faith journey. And so we both came on staff in different um, states. So I came on staff at Purdue and she came on staff in Virginia and worked at Clemson for a year and then went up to Virginia. And so we would sort of see each other at like staff meeting things. Um, And so then about like three years into that, where we were seeing each other like twice a year um, and just sort of hanging out as like colleagues, uh, both like my supervisor and her supervisor, both kind of at the same time, uh, sort of nudging each of us and was like, Hey, like, what do you think about Katie? I saw you talking to her. And we were both like, well, no way that could work. Uh, and so then it was like, nothing really happened from there. And then I did the longest slow play of the century. (laughs) Uh, and, um, it took six months to move up to a point of actually like having a conversation. And then Katie came out to Indiana for a fundraiser that our, um, organization put on and we went out to breakfast, um, pancake house down in Indy. There you go. And, uh, the rest is sort of history from there. It's like three hours later and it's like, Oh, maybe there's something here. We'll try out this kind of long distance thing. And that's kind of, uh, where it started. So how do you do Katie? Is that about how it goes or did he embellish anything at all there? Well, the biggest thing was the fundraiser was a golf tournament Okay. and it was a hundred holes of golf. Oh wow. And he was like, Hey, you've got to come to Indiana for this golf tournament. And no women play in it, so you could be the first woman to play. I'm like, why would I fly to Indiana to play in a golf tournament where I'm the only woman? I don't know about this situation. Um, but didn't, but you, I, didn't you beat all the guys? Oh, yeah, of course. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know Ross, he's pretty convincing. So yeah. that was like the first win, I think, just even getting me there. And yeah. then after 12 hours of golfing together, I was like, 
Okay. Yeah. I could see this working out. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, your story and even walking with you guys through that a little bit as someone as Lisa and I did the long distance dating engagement, trying to figure that out. And then all of a sudden you're married and you move across the country and start your life. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different experience that if you are someone who's dated or been engaged and been in the same place, Mm -hmm. it's just a different experience. And so um, it was fun journeying with you guys and are glad now that you're here and together Mm -hmm. and, uh, and get to do that. So, one of the things we talk a little bit around here is just what's your faith story? What's your journey with Jesus been like? What have been some key moments where he's shown up and been very real and present in your life? And so, um, Katie, we're going to start with you. What's your what's your faith story? Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, um, and my parents are Christians, but because we were moving around all the time, I didn't really have like the steady church influence. Um, so I moved 15 times before I went to college. Wow which, as you can imagine, like 15 different churches, different communities. Um, so even though I grew up in a Christian home, I would say my understanding of who God was was still pretty um, shallow. Okay. And I really saw God as uh, kind of a vending machine, like, mm-hmm. let me put my 25 cents in, get my treat. Um, and that was kind of the relationship. I just shot up my prayers, got my blessings, um, and that was the extent of it. So I went to college on that kind of understanding of who God was and joined a sorority my second week of school. That's a huge part of my faith story. Um, and even what we do now is work with fraternity and sorority students. So really through joining the sorority, I that was an open door for me to enjoy all that college had to offer. Um, and I totally did. And But the really cool thing was actually through that, I started to realize, like, is my life really fulfilling? And do I have purpose? And just asking some of those bigger, tough questions that you kind of wrestle with in college and even after college. And I found a ministry, Greek University, um, that was a group of students who were trying to pursue their faith, but also were in Greek life. And they were really real, authentic, vulnerable about like, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're in this culture, it's really hard to follow Jesus. And so I would say I was uh, talking the talk, but not walking the walk. And I went to a conference my junior year where the speaker kind of said, some of you are being Sunday Christians only, and God actually wants your full week. He wants you to be 24-7 who he made you to be. Um, he wants all of your life and all of your identity, and that was a wake-up call for me, and that's kind of when I would say I really started following Jesus, mm-hmm. and it my faith became real for me. Yeah, so, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, for me, I uh, grew up in small town, Indiana, um, down halfway between Indianapolis and Cincinnati. And so, uh, when I was growing up, everyone was a Christian. Um, and when I say like everyone, it was like, we're Christian. It was kind of like in air quotes, um, <laughs> a lot of people that went to church, but, uh, one of the things that was happening kind of during my high school years was I started sort of asking some questions, um, about like, okay, why is everyone doing this? And then, uh, I started to see like a disconnect between like what the Bible was teaching and how people in church were acting. Hmm. Um, and so that was just sort of like kind of a, a turnoff for me. And so even though I was like steady, I kind of led in FCA in high school and stuff like that. Um, when I got to college, it was like, I want nothing to do with that. I'm going to hmm. go as far away from God as possible. Um, and so I ended up in a fraternity. So that was kind of like in my mind where that could happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so just sort of like really uh, sort of the essence of kind of college partying, um, stuff like that. And then basically got to the end of my freshman year and I was in this fraternity, had all these like 
brothers that I had like gone through some cool experiences with and I had like parties to go to. I had decent grades and there was a couple girls in the picture and I was like looking at this and I was like, I should be like living the dream right now. Mm. And I was to like the world's kind of standards, but like it wasn't working for me. Mm. Uh, And so I started asking question kind of at the end of my freshman year of like, man, is this really all that life has to offer for me? Is like, how many girls can I sleep with and how drunk can I get on the weekends? Mm -hmm. Um, And then never really like put a finger on it until beginning of my sophomore year. Um, I got invited to a Greek university event and um, I walked in and there was all of these older Christian guys um, that were in fraternities and they were studying the Bible in a way that I'd never really seen before. And then just like through talking to them, I was like, whoa, these like older guys, like I never saw an older guy like that from my hometown um, or from the church that I grew up in. And so that got me sort of asking some questions. And so through that, I actually studied the Bible for the first time ever, never really had done that. Um, and as I was doing that, I started to see a way different picture of Jesus um, in scripture than I had in my head. Uh, and so that kind of came to a reckoning point Um sort of like a couple weeks sitting in Gray House, like studying the Bible. And it was just like, whoa, this Jesus wants so much more for me. And he's so much more than I thought he was. And he deserves my whole life. And so um, kind of through that, um, that's when kind of my faith kind of really became real. Um, And then started doing like ministry Mm -hmm. stuff, like immediately. Uh, My staff worker like threw me into leading a Bible study in my fraternity of like 60 guys, um, like three weeks after I became a Christian. Uh, And that was just kind of this crazy journey of like seeing, oh, wow, God doesn't want just me. He wants to like use me for his plans and purposes in the world. Um, And that was a picture of Jesus and God that I'd never really seen before. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for for sharing that. And so, so here you guys both are going into Greek life, wanting to experience everything that college has to offer. God grabs a hold of you and realizes he wants so much more of your life. So on down the road now, you guys are, are in ministry and are missionaries doing the exact same thing that God used in your life. So what was that call like for you? How did, how did, was it, yeah, I'm just going to stop there. What was that call like for you? So Katie's got a cool, um, hers is like way more sexy than my call. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's let her go first. Then. <laughs> so similar to Ross, I started leading a Bible study in my sorority and Honestly, I did not know that much about ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I took general religion 101 in college. I was you learned at, a lot in that. Oh, yeah. You I mean, a lot in that class. I was so wise. Um, <laughs> but I was a health administration major. I wanted to be a hospital CEO. Like, that's what I was going to college for. That was my path. Um, but then at the same time, I was leading this Bible study in Zeta, and girls were becoming Christians. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought that was normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I told my mentor, oh, they're just asking me about Jesus. So I'm telling them and they decided to believe. Like, I just, I mean, she was like, you have some clear gifts in evangelism and in hospitality and really helping people understand who God is and what his heart is for them. And it was just the ministry fruit was there. Um, So that was probably the first step was understanding like, oh, ministry actually is a vocation. And we're all called to ministry to some degree, whether it's just full-time vocationally or in your vocation, you minister to, you know, the the people at your work setting. Um, So that was the first thing. And I actually graduated, took a job in a hospital, was working in the hospital, but still volunteering Mm -hmm. on my campus. Again, still leading people to faith. And people around me were like, 
oh my gosh, what are you doing? Even in my hospital setting, there were a couple of doctors that I like got into some really deep spiritual conversations with. And my supervisor was like, I've never heard that person talk about faith before. Mm. And you're having a spiritual conversation with them. Um, and even like Muslim doctors. Wow. And some of it, my supervisor was like, you need to be a little careful. There's like <laughs> rules about this. But yeah. Um, yeah, I was a little naive with all of that of just like, oh, this is just what you do if you're a Christian. Yeah. You tell people about Jesus. And so realizing, okay, I do have some gifts here. What might that look like if God wants to use that as a vocation uh, mm-hmm. rather than just a side thing? So in the meantime, while I was working at the hospital, I went to Urbana, which is a missions conference that InterVarsity hosts every three years in St. Louis. Okay. And it was at Urbana that um, many people go to this conference. It's Since it's a missions conference, many people go like looking to go into missions. Okay. So think giant organizational fair for missions, Um, 20,000 people, thousands of missions organizations, you name it, they're there. Um, So all these people are feeling called to missions. I felt like God was calling me to something, but I wasn't sure what it was. I'm like, I'll go, I'll go where you want want to send me, Lord, but where? Mm -hmm. And it seemed too easy and practical for it to be like the same people that I came from. Like I was like, no, let's go to Africa, you know, like that kind of thing. And the Lord was like, no, I actually want you to go to the people that you are like and that you know how to minister to and that you know their stories because it's your story and the story I gave you. Um, So the Lord clearly said to me, like, quit your hospital job, become a missionary with Greek University. Hmm. So I called my mom, called my parents after the conference. I'm like, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to be a missionary. (laughs) Every parent's dream. Oh, my gosh. They were like, you're crazy. You were on a spiritual high. You just went to this conference, you know, trying to talk me down a little Mm bit. Um, And I was like, no, I clearly heard from the Lord. I know this is his plan for me. And the really cool part about it was there were so many confirmations after. So my parents in their Sunday school class were studying the disciples And they had a conversation with the people in their Sunday school class about when Jesus called the disciples to follow him. And they were like, what did the disciples' parents think? Like, Mm. that was probably so hard for them. Like, who is this Jesus guy? Like, we need you to stay and keep fishing with us. Like, how are we going to feed the village kind of thing? So they're like, wow, like, this is God's will for you. We cannot be the ones to stand in the way of it. Mm. And then in my hospital job, like, because I had already had all these stories there, they all were like, you've got to go. Like, if you don't go to be a missionary, we're going to fire you because we know this is God's (laughs) call for your life. And I think I needed that blessing from my, like, secular workplace Mm -hmm. um, because I would have always looked back and questioned, like, should I have left? Like, should I go back to hospital administration? That kind of thing. But for those people to say, like, God clearly made you to do this was super powerful for me. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. All right, follow that up, bud. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, mine was, I was... um, Actually, fun fact to start off. So that uh, was Urbana 2012. We both were there as students and both kind of figuring out what we want to do with the rest of our lives. And we met each other hmm. for the first time. Wow. And one of my really good friends that I did a ton of ministry with, um, Devin Mattias, she's a uh, find you at Purdue. She, um, we were walking back. It was all three of us, so Katie, Devin, and me. And afterwards, I'm like, Devin, that's the girl, dude. <laughs> and Devin's like, yeah, right. Good luck. So like... Six years later, it finally <laughs> happened. So uh, that was prophecy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very, very <laughs> I told prophetic you, of longest you. slow play. Ever. <laughs> and so yeah, but as far as kind of being called into ministry, so I was kind of doing a lot of ministry, and it got kind of brought up, and I never really thought about like, oh, that's an actual 
career path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of bumbled my way through um, figuring out what I wanted to do in school. So I didn't really like declare a major until like sophomore year. Um, and I was good in school. It was easy. It was, it was like fine. But it wasn't this like, oh my gosh, I'm like made to do this. Yeah. And so uh, basically it came down in between my junior and senior year, I had an internship up in Chicago and I was doing like a food science job and all I wanted to think about was like Greek IV stuff. Hmm. Um, and I was like just kind of looking around and I was like, I could be a decent food scientist. Mm-hmm. Like I would be, I would have been like very middle of the road. Yeah. Um, I would not have been like excited. I, I got a buddy who he makes Cheetos for Frito-Lay and he is like excited um, <laughs> about kind of what he does. And so me, I'm like, eh, like I'm good. Yeah. And so I remember I was like kind of driving back after the internship one day and I called um, the person that kind of was hiring people for university and I was like, hey, send me an application. I want to kind of discern through the application. Um, but I really feel like I'm equipped mostly for like this kind of work. And so uh, what really got me was starting to think through of like, wow, there's not a ton of people that like have had the experiences that I've had and that can minister to a group of people that that are so influential on campus. So just for example, I mean, Purdue has 77,000 Greek students. It's like less than 20% of the campus, but they hold over 50% of the leadership positions on campus organizations. Um, And so we really see and feel this at Purdue that if if we can change the Greek system, like we can change the campus. Mm. And if you change the campus, you change the world. Um, That's just kind of a a known fact. (laughs) And so uh, that was like, oh, wow, like I have have all these experiences and these skill sets that like if I don't use these for like Greek ministry, then like I feel like I would not, I'd be kind of wasting them. Um, And so that's kind of stepping into that call. Um, It's definitely a very niche um, group of staff. So there's like 40 of us. There's, I mean, there's more astronauts than there are Greek <laughs> university staff. Wow. Uh, it makes sense, right? You've got to get like somebody who's like the epitome of like Greek life and also knows Jesus really well. That's not like, that's kind of few and far between. Yeah. Um, but it provides an awesome, unique angle and can reach a, a segment of, um, of the campus and a segment of really like the population that a lot of churches would not be like specialists in that a lot of other organizations aren't really like able to do that well. And so we're able to kind of hit that pocket or that corner of campus, uh, really well. So oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. That was a really cool. I'd never heard all those, all that detail. It was great to hear. One thing that you guys said that I want to spend a little bit of time with is, so you guys became Christians or started to take your faith seriously. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of weeks, you're leading a Bible study, mm-hmm. right? And I think as a part of discipleship, I love that because in my opinion, you learn more when you have to teach and when you're put in a leadership position. I think so many times as people come, make a decision for Jesus or they're ready to say, okay, I'm really going to take a decision that I made 10 years ago, serious now, but I don't want to take any leadership. I don't know anything. I'm scared about what I'm going to say. What if I mess something up? And so they sit back and, and, and they almost become stale or they don't grow at all because of that. So talk a little bit about what that was like for you guys stepping into that leadership position and then how that is set up in your ministry now and how you encourage students to do the same. Yeah, I think that, um, for me, I got sort of, um, I was like signed up for this conference and, um, there was this track that I really wanted to go through because it was talking all about kind of like, what does the Bible say about drinking and drugs and sex? And I was like, oh, I, I want to find out where my line is at hmm. of like, hey, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I, I'm going to get as close to the line as possible. Yeah. That's why I wanted to go through that track. And so I get a text from my staff worker that's like, hey, I switched you over to the lead track. You're going to start a Bible study in Phi Delta Theta. And I was like, I've never thought about that. Like, hmm. OK, I guess I will. And I remember I, I went and I went through the track and I, I saw for the first time 
it clicked for me of like, whoa, this was not just a decision about me. This was a decision about an entire group of people that I'm connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just sort of made sense. And so uh, one of the things that Katie and I tell students all the time is I think um, sometimes we got this like model in our head that like, oh, I can't do ministry because like that's for the pastors. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure there's people that maybe like come here to Calvary and they're like, oh man, like Daniel's such a better, like he, he would be so much better at evangelism than I am. And like, that's probably right, right? Like he can probably articulate the gospel better. He can probably, he's got diagrams out the wazoo because I know we do, Mm -hmm. but like he doesn't work at CAT, Mm -hmm. right? And so yes, he could be a better person to share the gospel with them, but he's not the one that is actually connected in relationship to them. Um, And so what we do with students a lot is kind of show them like, hey, you're actually the most well-equipped person on the planet Mm -hmm. to minister to this group of people. And so uh, for example, I meet up with three people on Friday morning two sophomore guys in a fraternity and a, a junior girl um, in a sorority. And uh, we're going to like train them to lead what we call gigs, which are groups investigating God. Um, and basically it's like, hey, who are two friends that like you've had some spiritual conversations with? Yeah. Um, because like, I don't know that person, but like they'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. And so what a better platform to like share um, Jesus with you there. And so I think what we really try to do is like teach and show students that like, hey, if you look throughout all of scripture, mm-hmm. um, Jesus does not really like take a ton of time to develop his disciples. I mean, like what you're Luke chapter eight Mm -hmm. and he's sending them out um, into the towns by themselves. Um, And he's like, Hey, I'm with you and you can go and you can heal demons. Like you can send demons out. You can heal people. Like you can do everything that I've been doing Hmm. because I've given you the authority to do that. Um, And so it seems like immediate change. Um, And I feel like because we've had, such an emphasis on like knowledge and like, I need to get knowledge before I could lead something. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually done a disservice to Mm -hmm. kind of the broad church too of like, Oh man, well that means that I've got to go to like seminary before I can like minister to my friend at work. And it's just like, no one, not everyone has time to go to seminary. Right. But like share what you know, right. Like talk about, like we talked about it um, here all the time that like, if you just start sharing like the little pieces of what you know, Hey, God met me in this area. Um, there. So that's what we really try to instill to our students. Um, And I think the coolest piece of that whole thing is um, I get to, so like those three students I meet up with Friday morning, like they're just like, they became Christian. Like one of them became a Christian over the summer Hmm. and he's just like pumped up and he is so excited. And I'm like, I'm not going to squash this kid's like thing. Now I'm not going to let him like preach at one of our groups or like lead a very large group mm-hmm. of students or kind of lead an entire like fraternity Bible study. But like, if you want to meet up with two of his friends that don't know Jesus and share with them about Jesus, like who am I to get yeah. away of that? Yeah. Um, my job is just to say, Hey, actually go. Yeah. Here's something that's actually helpful to talk about. Yeah. Um, so he's not just like rambling off like for 50 minutes or yeah. something like that. Um, and so that's awesome. I think that, and it's, and it's so cool to see students respond to that because mm-hmm. I feel like we have students that grew up in churches. We have students that didn't grow up in churches. Um, our favorite students are usually the ones that didn't grow up in churches because mm-hmm. we have to, we don't have to like. We don't have that. favorites. <laughs> All right, favorite, no favorites, but um, but it's like they're they're like fresh and they're yeah. like I don't know anything different. Like kind of what Katie was saying was like, oh, this is normal to lead Bible studies and people become Christians. Um, is that we get to kind of teach them a normal that's kind of informed by Scripture and not informed by like kind of. Well, a lot of students that are being put into leadership, too, are students who have influence. Mm-hmm. And that's even what you see in scripture, that a lot of ministry is relational ministry mm-hmm. with people who have influence. And even for me, I was the president of my sorority when I became a Christian. 
and was the party girl turned Christian. And so people were asking questions. Like, they wanted to know, why are you living differently? You know, they were curious. And I was not claiming to be a biblical expert, but we totally believe that God's Word is alive and active, and the Holy Spirit and the Word will do the teaching. So really, it's the student's role to create the space. And I think if you have that right, then it removes, like, the burden and the pressure of, oh, my gosh, your friend's salvation is on you, Mm -hmm. and you have to know all these answers and they're really freed up to actually enjoy what God's inviting them into. And that's, what's really cool about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, very cool. I love, I love that. And I love Ross, you, you talked a little bit about as, as pastoral staff, we do have an an avenue, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, um, if I walk, if I'm at a, a gathering of people and someone finds out that I'm a pastor you should see the walls that go up. And, yep. You know, a lot of times I've joked that sometimes I like to say, oh, I work for a nonprofit organization because all of a sudden I'm received a lot different mm-hmm. than what I am as soon as I say, hey, I'm a pastor or I work at a church. Immediate assumptions go up. People won't share as honestly and open. And that's, I want them to feel free to do that. So to en- empower and encourage people to do that where they're at and how they're gifted and that people that they have relationship and influence with mm-hmm. is so huge because that is an area that as pastoral staff or people who work at a church sometimes is actually more difficult for us yeah. to be able to come in and invade than what mm-hmm. um, it would be on a normal for someone who works at CAT or yeah. is on campus. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I hope that our listeners will catch hold of that and understand that where God has you, you have more influence and more opportunity for the gospel um, than maybe someone who's a professional for sure. um, mm-hmm. Christian, if you will, yes. um, air quotes there, of, mm-hmm. as, uh, as I'm sure you're aware of. Um, so you guys, one of the reasons I invited you guys on today, or invited you around the table, was to talk about serving. You guys have obviously kind of explained to our listeners that you guys have chosen to be missionaries and serve God with your life, right? And everything that you guys do, and it's become your vocation. But not only do you do that, you also serve here at Calvary on a very regular basis. And that's one of the things that we encourage our um, people who attend here, people who are members here. If you want to get involved, um, if you want to feel like this is your church home, come to worship mm-hmm. once a week. Be involved in a small group every week, and then also serve every week. And so uh, tell our listeners kind of what areas you serve in and the benefit that has been to you, even though with your life you're serving God mm-hmm. um, from a vocational standpoint. Yeah. yeah, so we both have served in the Next Step space. Um, Ross is often there more than I am because I'm also serving in the nursery on Sunday morning. So um, next step space and nursery and with the next step space, we, I mean, we love meeting new people. We do that in our, um, day job, you know, so it feels really natural for us and we love hospitality and helping people get connected and we love Calvary. So Mm -hmm. that's just a really natural fit for us, I think. And then nursery, um, I'm in the cuddler's room, which I just love babies and, um, just getting to pray over them and be in community with the other people that serve there, uh, has been really good. And that's just been fun. I think that's almost more a gift for me than it maybe even yeah. is for the, the families. Um, and then I also serve in women's ministry. So I lead one of the Bible studies on Wednesday mornings with our women's ministry. And that has been such a joy. And part of that for me is, again, a natural fit because 
leading Bible studies is what I'm passionate about. I love being in God's word. And I think it's important, especially to be in God's word, in God's word with the people you're in community mm-hmm. with. So that's why I wanted to serve there and even wanted to attend because I wanted to grow in relationship with the women at Calvary. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I love, I love serving there. That's been a gift to me as well, just to grow with the women there and to be able mm-hmm. to serve them in that way. And, and that feels really comfortable for me. I know not a ton of people would maybe feel confident or comfortable mm-hmm. leading in that space. And I'm like, Oh, this is what I do every day. So yeah. like, sure, of course I'll do it. Um, yeah. That's cool. Um, Outside of next to space, I do parking lot every once in a while um, when it lines up with the schedule. Uh, and then recently, or kind of last, like oh. May, June, um, spring, uh, started doing some SOBA childcare okay. stuff, uh, which is actually like super fun, which like shameless plug for that. Like mm. if you're a dude and you want to do like some childcare, this is not like intense childcare. This is like super easy. But also, like, the coolest part is you get, like, total permission to eat the, like, kids' version of the food, which is, like... Ross like goes for the chicken fingers. Pizza and chicken nuggets. Like, so if you don't get a chance to eat chicken nuggets very often, um, guys out there, like, Soba Child Care is the place to eat your chicken nuggets. So awesome. um, that's just kind of, like, a piece there. So that's been a, a ton of fun. Um, go and make sure the kids don't, like, hurt each other. And that's yeah, about it. That's um, awesome. And so, that's awesome. You. Very cool. Well, again, thank you guys for, for how you serve... And in just the different areas of places that you use your gift, uh, Katie, as someone who has a child who's in the cuddlers, for me to hear that it's a blessing for you makes me feel a little bit better when I know my daughter's probably crying in there. <laughs> um, so thank you for your service there and making, um, you know, as someone who who has that and, and we are constantly feeling like, okay, we've got to take care of these children to have a space where we can go and worship and know that our kids are loved, cared mm-hmm. for, being prayed over is a blessing for us. So thank you. And, and thank you for Ross for service in the SOBA. For those who don't know, that's our single moms ministry that happens on the first Wednesday of every month where um, single moms can come in and find some community and feel loved. And so we appreciate you uh, stepping up and doing that. Uh, so two, two final questions. One, how can we um, help you guys out at InterVarsity? And how can we get involved? How can we come alongside of you guys and encourage you and, and help with that? Yes, I think uh, there are kind of a variety of, of ways. And I think uh, I can speak for like not just InterVarsity, but there's actually a ton of other ministries going on in Calvary that are kind of connected. Um, and so you've got the Bex, you've got um, some Navigator stuff, you've got some, uh, we actually have a friend who does international student ministry under InterVarsity, um, but they go here as well. And so um, I would say kind of like all encompassing ways to get involved is if um, we're always looking for like super awesome like partners. And so uh, we kind of view partnership in like three sort of ways. And so there's give, pray, and go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can give financially, like that's awesome. If you can pray for the ministry on campus, if you want to like show up to campus and help us pray for students, um, stuff like that. And then the go is sort of the the volunteer piece. And so uh, what we always say is like, we want to find, we like are always looking for people that get really excited about college ministry. So maybe like you were involved in the college ministry and it was super significant in your college like faith journey. And so you want to make sure that like the ministries at Purdue are equipped to do that. Um, And so we can like find a place for you to serve um, kind of in that capacity. Like Katie and I specifically, like if you were in a fraternity or sorority and you want to kind of hear what's going on in the Greek system at Purdue, um, I know there's a couple like chapter advisors that go here um, and stuff like that. Then yeah, we would love to um, kind of have a conversation, but I would say the biggest way that people can get involved is um, to, to find the different campus ministries. There's actually like a whole board that shows Mm -hmm. their picture and like this, 
pick them out and say, hey, I saw that you did this. I would love to hear more about that um, and specifically like maybe some ways that I can get involved. And yeah. so uh, when we meet up with like somebody who is kind of thinking about potentially getting involved, like we have this really cool thing of like, hey, here's what we're all about. Here's what we do on campus. Um, and then there's kind of a sliding scale of like, involvement it's like maybe like you just want to bake cookies once um, and that's awesome and we always are in need of cookies and food and stuff like that maybe you've got an awesome house and you could open up the doors for uh 15 bible study leaders to come and do a training Mm -hmm. um Maybe you've got an awesome lake house and it's in, up in Monticello or something like that. And you're like, oh, man, like I'm never up there. Like, yeah, we could send the Greek IV chapter to have a retreat up there with the leaders. Um, or maybe it's like I've got this skill set. I used to be on staff or I used to like work for a campus mm-hmm. ministry and I want to volunteer and get in front of students and I can disciple students in that way. And so we can like help you find um, yeah. kind of thing. But I think the biggest thing would be to just sort of like um, ask. I know like. We, we're always kind of looking for people that get excited about campus ministry, yeah. um, that have a connection to Purdue, that have a connection to the Greek system at Purdue, that have a connection to campus ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd love to, like, take you out to lunch and take you out to coffee and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Like, what's it look like kind of for you to serve? Um, and so we got a few volunteers that do um, kind of a variety of things, like cooking meals and other ones that are, like, meeting up with the students on campus. Yeah. And so um, I think there's tons of ways there. And that's not just our ministry. That's kind of all... Uh, ministries for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Do you guys have a ministry page, something that we could link in our show notes of how they can kind of see what you guys are up to and how to connect with you guys? Yeah. So we actually have a, um, a pretty sweet Instagram Okay. Um, kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? We have a social media team Okay. Um, of like some really awesome sorority women that just like keep the Instagram page up to date and stuff like that. So it's at Purdue Greek IV. Um, And so we have that. And that's kind of like the biggest way that we sort of um, disseminate. And then the other way would totally be like to come say hi to us. um, Yeah, if if people want regular updates about the specific Mm -hmm. ministry at Purdue, we usually send out a monthly newsletter. And then we also have a Facebook group where we post like real-time prayer requests. And like we told them we're doing this podcast, pray for us this morning. So um, if... If you want to pray for us or be more involved, that would be even joining that group to get those real time okay, updates. Great. Well, we'll we'll link to some of those yeah, in the show notes. That way, if people are interested, they yeah. can they can do that. Um, our final question that we always ask everyone is this: um, What would you like our listeners to be able to to wrap up and take home with them? We've all been sitting here at the table, kind of talking as they're getting ready to leave. What's an idea or a thought that you'd like for them to to take with them? So I think in my own story, and then even just working with students, I firmly believe, and I feel like scripture backs this up, that God made each of us uniquely um, and gave us different gifts and skill sets, and those were very intentional. Like, everything about the way that he made us was intentional, and that is so good for us to hear. Um, So one, just wanting the people who are listening to this and even our community here at Calvary to know, like, God made no mistakes with you. Like, Mm -hmm. he loves you. He made you exactly the way he wanted to make you, introvert, extrovert, Mm -hmm. blue eyes, brown eyes, like whatever it is, the gifts that you have, the skills that you have, and we all have gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, So if people are like, I don't have anything to offer, it's like, that is a lie. God has given you gifts. Um, And I think the one of the most beautiful and exciting parts about following Jesus is figuring out what are my gifts and how does the Lord want me to steward what he's given me and how he's made me. Um, So I think the invitation to the listeners and to our community is finding out what are my gifts, 
how did God uniquely make me? And then how do my unique gifts fit in with the needs that I see in my life? Like my needs at work, with my family, in my church community, in my larger like neighborhood and all that. Um, and really being open to responding as God fits those two things together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I think uh, as I was kind of thinking about that question, um, I think just just sort of like in serving in general, mm-hmm. right, is, is sometimes feels like, oh, man, like they just need me to like show up and then like I'm just going to go volunteer and sort of like hit my brownie points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of it, right? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hitting a need. Um, but I feel like serving is like so much bigger than that. Mm. Um, I think if you if you look at Jesus in his life, um, he was a servant leader, yeah. right? Um, and he was always serving people. He, w- he was meeting needs where they're at, but then he also gets down on his knees, washes his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like on top of just like, oh man, they really need people to wave to people in the parking lot. I can do that, right? And I'm just plugging a hole. Um, I think if, if we can start to like see that as like, I'm actually like acting like Jesus here. Mm. Um, and that is ultimately what he invites us into, right? He says, follow me, right? He's not follow a set of rules that I give you yeah. or follow like what culture says that a Christian should be. It's just follow me. Um, and so one of the easiest ways that we can follow Jesus is to serve. Mm. Um, and so one of the things that that helps us do, like on top of just like emulating and acting like Jesus, um, is we get out of our selfish bubble. Mm. Um, and so I've been on a journey with selfishness, um, <laughs> that happens when you get married. <laughs> so I found out, uh, yeah, you just, you're just like highlighted of like, wow, I'm so selfish. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm able to say, man, I could go and like watch the fantasy football now pregame show, but instead I'm going to serve at the next day space mm-hmm. or, oh man, yeah, I could do a lot of better things on a, the first Wednesday of the month. Um, but I'm going to go like spend it with some, some kids and just kind of care for them and hang out with them and play, play games with them yeah. and eat some chicken nuggets. <laughs> um, it's like that's the perfect way for us to practice that sort of self-sacrifice hmm. that Jesus invites us into. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is like kind of reframing and, and broadening the definition of serving. Yeah. Um, that's not just like, oh, I'm filling a need or checking a box. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us around the table today. It was great to hear your story, see how God's been using you um, and and how serving has really influenced your guys' life. So I appreciate that and the encouragement to our listeners and to our listeners. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. Music was provided by Heath Bentley. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.